0: Yes, I can hear you. It's great to be with you. Awesome. Great. The church is ready, uh, listening to the Word of God. You can greet them and go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. It's it's really a privilege to um, kind of be with you this morning. Um, So I can hear you, I think. Um, So if you can all uh, just give a shout out to me to let me know that you're there, please. Ah, uh, that's good. So, you know, um it's um it's been a, a rough patch when it comes to the traveling part, right? Because I would have loved to be with you, but um it's still a bit uh difficult to get around these days, but eventually I'll get there in person, or um whoever gets there will just enjoy having fellowship with you guys. But for Today, I've had this privilege of uh, speaking to you via Zoom, and um, I know it can work. I've been doing it plenty of uh, times now, and I hope you are in for this kind of experience. So, um, you guys, are you all comfortable? Is it good so far? Yeah. Excellent. So... um, I love being with you guys, by the way, on Zoom even. I've been, just recently, I've been with your core leaders on the Zoom talk with uh, our team from Copenhagen and here from Hanning, where I'm it, uh, at now, and also the the guys from uh, Endola. So Pastor Lena and Pastor Sylvester and the rest of the crew, it's it's really just great to be with you all when we get around to it. So uh, we're so thrilled and privileged to be able to minister together with all of you guys and with the Copenhageners as well so um, we're just so thrilled of what God is doing Um, I mean a growing church in the midst of a pandemic that how crazy is that guys that is just a move of God we're so thrilled to see that happening Um, so we are um, you're probably all aware that um that Christmas is sneaking up on us. Look to the one next to you and say, Christmas is sneaking up on you. I can't hear, did you actually say that to the guy next to you? Yes. yes. Ah, okay, good. Um, so Christmas is sneaking up on us and uh, I thought I'd like just to share with us um, uh, all just a, a word of uh, that comes from the Christmas reading so we're at the first Sunday of Advent here in Denmark I don't know if that's a big deal where you're at but um, so it's like it's got these Christmas readings if you want to do that uh, the the traditional church where you can do that but I was inspired by one of the readings Uh, it goes from um, from Luke chapter 4 and it's about Jesus entering his own um, his own surrounding where he grew up after starting his ministry, and he comes back to his hometown Nazareth. I'll be reading it from, um, um I'll be reading it from Mark chapter 6 and verse 1 to 6. You might just want to look it up in the Bible or on your phone or where, wherever you uh, have a, a Bible text, I'll read it for you and we'll get uh, right down into it from that. So, Jesus left the part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth. So we're reading Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. He left with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary. And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except To place his hands on a few sick people and heal them and he was amazed at their unbelief then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people amen so today's story is remarkable um it's it's about Jesus being received in his own hometown the place that knew him and and had already framed and put him into some kind of understanding of who he was, and they expected him to be accordingly. He had spent around thirty years putting, uh, letting himself, or me, maybe even uh, making that box of which people were to con- conceive of him. So at this point, when people saw Jesus, they saw the carpenter's son. They saw the. The, the brother of James, they saw the the, the brother of the, these sisters that he had, and they saw how that was all uh, who he was, and they expected him to behave in a certain manner. And now he enters his own hometown, Nazareth. But something has changed. He's now the he's been called out by God to do the ministry that he had been born to do. Originally, but nobody had seen until this point. And this story is remarkable because it reminds us that whatever box people put Jesus in, they were unable to let him out of it. We'll get into this in today's uh, preaching. But just to let you know, the, the headline for today is, what do you see? So... That's the headline for this sermon today. What do you see? Because this seems to be the the big obstacle for the people of Nazareth once they realized that they had their own homeboy back in town, Jesus. He wasn't the Christ to them. He was just Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary. For them, he was certainly not a prophet. He was neither a king or the Messiah. He was just the carpenter's boy. And this passage we just read concludes, it's like the conclusion of this whole passage is because of how they saw and perceived Jesus, he could do no great miracle among them. And I think that's like, wow, what's this text telling us? It's like the son of God, Jesus living among them and visiting his hometown he could not, I mean, God Himself could hardly do a miracle in their place because of their hard hearts. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Think about it it's yeah. Jesus, it's Jesus Christ, and it seems like He couldn't even get a message through, He couldn't get a miracle through, He couldn't do anything for the people that He was sent to minister to. How, how. Troubling a message in this passage, right? So, when you look around at people around you, what do you see? Are they just friends or are they just kids? If you look to children around you, are they just annoying, noisy kids? Or if you look to other people that are very different from you and you think, ah, they're so different from me. I mean, they should all be like me, right? Because then the world would be a better place. Is that Sometimes that's at least how we behave. We think those from another tribe or ethnic group or from another country or the politicians or the people that do that work or whatever, we think, ah, they're just so, they're no no good. They're really just holding us back. And it's like what you see is going to define what you can receive. So you got to pay attention to these these um, perceptions of yours. We got to look into our hearts. When we look at people, why do we see them like we see them? Is it like we put a framework up around them and we only allow for them to be what we have decided that they can be? Maybe the reason why we have decided is because we have experience with them. Like you grew up with your mom and dad, and well, you know them pretty well. And if anything new were to happen and they were like yeah I've changed my life and maybe what you've experienced with your parents is like no way you're not going to change ever and maybe that's what we're holding people up on and saying well yeah you know you're not gonna it's not gonna work for me you may see that say that you've met Jesus or whatever something has changed in your life but I I know who you are really deep inside I know what you did I know I know who you are. You, I'm not gonna let you out of this box that I've put you in. So are you in for a little story here? Uh, uh, excellent. So um, there's this, oh, but I, I can even do screen sharing, I just realized. So if I really wanted to do uh, something extraordinary with this, I might be able to screen share a photo with you. I should have I thought about this before. Let's see if I can make this work. So, um, um, so the the story that I'm going to tell you is about is about a. Um, let me see if I can. I just need to uh, work this out. <clears throat> I've never been do, able to do screen sharing while I was preaching. Like uh, like what I'm doing now, so I, I'm I'm I'll uh, work with that. So there's a story here. It's about a a um, a guy called Edward Kimball. Have you heard about Edward Kimball? Yeah, you have. That oh. is oh okay. I would have I wouldn't have I- imagined. So do you see my do you see uh, the screen? Um, let me see with photos of people here yes excellent so right um edward kimball he was he's far to your uh, to your left um so it was in the year 1858 in the city of boston and edward kimball he was a sunday school teacher and you know he made it a habit to personally give each student in his class an opportunity to accept Christ as his savior. And, um, um, so he, he was worried about a particular student of his, uh, he was a very reluctant teenager and he, he really wasn't paying much attention in the, in the class, in the Sunday school or kids church. And, and he was like, um, he really felt disturbed in his heart that this uh, kid seemed to be different from the others in, in the way that he was not paying attention. He was trying to sabotage the teaching. And, and uh, so Edward Kimball, he visited the young man. He knew he just, uh, he was uh, helping out in a store and um, he, he was walking down the street, this Edward Kimball, and he just passed this store where this young man was, was working and he thought well this is not my style but uh i'll give it a shot it's not sunday it's some other day here but uh i'll give it a shot just see if i can have a talk just a talk of of uh sincerity and 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 explaining this young guy to be to not just behave but rather to open his heart up right so he walks down the street he goes into the shop to see if he can find this young man and um and he finds him right there in the shop with other uh, co-workers around him. And it was like, well, what do you do? Do you, just, do you just do what you had intended to do? You go and challenge this young teenager? Or would you pick another time and another spot for this kind of conversation? But he decided to go out of his way to just stay with him. And he, so he went straight to this young guy and he said, listen you got to you got to pay attention god is reaching out to you and you got to live your life accordingly and you got to you got to you got to listen to the gospel it's for you and this young guy he there in the middle of his workplace not he wasn't doing that on the sunday but in the workplace he, he repented and he, he was like Yeah, he knelt down and he wanted to receive Jesus. And this guy, Edward Kimball, the Sunday school teacher, was just as amazed as probably the colleagues around the young guy were. And so he was led to Jesus right there in the store. You know, the student, the Bible, no, the the Sunday school student, his name was Dwight L. Moody. And uh, if you know anything about American church life and, European church life even you know that that guy was was to become an evangelist and a teacher in in the 18th century or rather 19th century and um and he became one of the greatest evangelists and um and to this day there are schools and universities around the world um uh sharing the gospel according to um what he started and set in place so moody he became an international speaker this young uh, teenage guy from the Bible college or rather Sunday school <clears throat> and then he toured England and preached there as well and there he encountered the next guy in line as you can see the photo there. Um uh, he his name was uh uh let's see. Yeah so he he, he uh, um met a, a pastor called Frederick Meyer in a sermon of his <clears throat> He um, uh, inspired a young guy who was there to um, to respond to God's call in his life. His name was Wilbur Chapman. That's the guy you can see in the third uh, the third one. And Chapman became an evangelist evangelist in his own right. And he enlisted with another with uh, had a volunteer called Billy Sunday. And Billy Sunday. In this last century, he was a uh, former baseball player who, who just helped out as a crewman, like the tech guys you've got sitting there in, uh, in your uh, auditorium now. And so this guy, Billy Sunday, helped just to have um, uh, Wilbur Chapman preach the gospel. And so Billy Sunday, at some point, he started preaching and he developed his preaching style and he preached to thousands of people. And he led them to Christ. So inspired by Billy Sunday, there was another group of Christians who invited uh, an evangelist, a a businessman who had received Jesus called Mordecai Ham. That's your fifth guy on on the line there. And because of Billy Sunday, they were inspired to do the same kind of crusade, kind of invitations. And Mordecai Ham came and, helped an evangelistic series meeting series and one of the the guys um <clears throat> a, a local farmer he loaded his pickup truck with um his neighbors and and the the farmhands and um just went to these meetings with Mordecai ham and a 16 year old guy he sat on the on the back of this pickup truck <clears throat> and um that guy's name he Eventually, he gave his life to Jesus. That teenager's name was Billy Graham. So, Billy Graham. Man, how many of you know Billy Graham? He, he died now, but uh, how many of you have heard of Billy Graham? Just to get, yeah, you you heard about him, right? Because he's he's probably the the biggest evangelist in 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 our time and in our world, right? Because um, I mean, what he did was um, he preached to millions. He preached uh, via television and and. Um, and uh so he was really um let me see if i can get get back to you guys because i'm not sure if i'm completely in control here let's see so um so this evangelist uh was really set in place billy graham was set in place by this Unknown to most of us, right? Edward Kimball. We wouldn't have expected Edward Kimball to be like a guy of any kind of renown, but and he really isn't when it comes to it, because at at this point, um, at this point, we don't we only know Billy Graham. So Billy Graham, being the the evangelist, the world class evangelist that we've heard of so many times um hopefully you've heard of him otherwise you'll probably get an an opportunity at some point but the thing is what do we see now edward kimball he saw he saw a young guy who needed to receive jesus he wanted he wanted desperately to this guy to see jesus and um was it, what is it that you see when you look at people around you? Now, you may see just some kids running around making noise. You may see that they're just the church of tomorrow. But in reality, maybe in God's mind, they're incredibly valuable because they're going to be the first ones in a long line of people reaching out to this world making it different, making a change. But not just with kids, because we, you, you may think kids have, well, that's fair enough. They've got a great potential. And so obviously a lot can still happen in their life. But really, I want to challenge all of us to even look with the eyes of the gospel, the gospel power to change people's lives and say, well, Maybe even those that I know and have an experience with and whom I think I know everything about them. I know what to expect and I know what not to expect. So what do you see? Now, this first Sunday of Advent, as we are approaching Christmas, we're reminded by the readings here today to pay attention to the Jesus that we see, but also the people that we see and have put into frames and of bias and understanding. Now the Bible is full. It's full of these little stories of people that haven't been appreciated for what they were. Like the King Saul, before he was anointed king, he hid himself for crying out loud. He was... Anointed by the prophet, but he didn't want to be, be put in place as a king of the, of the people of Israel. He hid himself among the horses. I don't know how kingly that was. He was not, definitely not somebody who believed in himself. <clears throat> David, he wasn't seen by others. You know, David from the Bible, he wasn't seen by his brothers, definitely not by his father. His father didn't even line him up as he was trying to share with the prophet who was want, looking for for uh, uh, the the whole line of brothers and siblings to understand who God had called. And so the father pulled his, his son out, his, his son up and, on a line and just left David behind as if David was not really his son. I mean, how disturbing is that? You know, your parent, your parents have an important dignitary meeting with somebody, and they want to bless the family, and and they want all kids to line up. And you just hear that your father hasn't even called for you. How disturbing is that? David wasn't seen by others, or or Gideon, another person from the Bible. <clears throat> he didn't want to be seen. He was trying to hide from you know, from the calling of God upon his life, or the woman Hadassah, maybe you know of her in her, with her other name, Hadassah, her name was Esther, King uh, Queen Esther, she was at a hostile, an enemy court in Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq, and she was there She had been abducted, her family had been abducted. They were like ethnically cleansed from where they lived to this hostile environment. And she could not tell anybody from what country she came. If not, she was to destroy her own um, uh, possibilities at the new court, the Royal court. To get a career chance, she had to hold back on who she was. And then there was Timothy in the New Testament, just to mention one, who was asked, told by Paul to not let himself be looked down upon because of his young age. And so you can think, well, obviously, since he had to get that reminder, he was being looked down upon because of his young age. And he had allowed for that to happen. But you know, God's way of dealing with this. We know that from 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, when God speaks to the prophet who's going who goes who's going to call out a servant of his, and he says to Samuel the prophet, do not look at his appearance and height. I reject that one for it is not about what people look at. People look at what they have before their eyes, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. So, God speaks to Samuel and says, Samuel, as the prophet, you've got to pay attention to not just put people in boxes according to what you see with your eyes. Look at the one next to you, please. Just, just check him out or her out. Just, just give them a proper glance. Just look at him, yeah. Just, yeah, really check him out. Because whatever you just saw, that's not all there is to that person. There's even more. And even when it comes to look at his life, you could say, well, look at his life and his upbringing and his, his appearance and what he comes from, his background. Now, saying with the with the voice of God, we got to pay attention to not just look to that, but look at people with an understanding that God can change everything that you look upon. Everything can be different because of the power of God to change people's lives and put them on a new course with their life. That's the power of the God that we're serving and it's, it's that opening up of our eyes that we need when we encounter each other to not put each other into boxes of past experience with ourselves or with other people. Or for some, maybe even past experience with how God was presented to you. You know. The most um, the most troublesome situation you can you can ever arrive in, I think, is to become blind to the blessing that's right in front of your eyes. Just imagine you want to know God, you want to seek God and you pray to God or you shout out to God, and God blesses you, but you don't see it because' he's, those that He sent have, were different from what you expected them to be and so you never even pay attention to the blessing sent to you it's like when Jesus arrived in his own hometown he goes to the synagogue he reads from the prophet Isaiah the promises given to the nation of Israel and it's like the nation of Israel who have been waiting for hundreds of years praying and seeking God please God send a savior deliver your people Reach out to us, help us, God. And then we read this patch- passage of Jesus arriving right there, reading the same story that they've been reading to themselves to hope, to keep hope up for the Savior to arrive. And then when the Savior himself reads out the prophecy to them that this is the day when this happens, they're like, huh? They get nothing of the message that they have been reading and praying. For hundreds of years, it's like nothing has come into their understanding of what God is going to do to them and with them. It's like God is there he's He's reaching out to you guys. Hey, wake up, but they couldn't get it. It was not what they had expected. It was like but but this is just the carpenter's son but but this isn't like as glorious as we had expected. This is just we know his brothers. We know his sisters. We've been hanging, we've been, I don't know, probably not stealing apples or 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 fruit with Jesus, but probably with his brothers, I guess. You know how siblings are. Yeah. So I mean, they had all the stories of the family. And they were like, nah, this can't, this can't be a move of God. They, This, um, no, 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 this is not. And, you know, whenever we do that trick, even when we do it to God, it's like this passage reminds us we can even limit what God will do in our lives if we put that up against God. I, I think if that's the testimony to the power that God has invested in us, that we can... We can push him away or we can invite him in. It's it's given to you. That's a great testimony to the power that we also have when it comes to people around us. I mean, if God is limited, if is allowed to be limited because of what you and I, we perceive of him and what we what we allow for him to do into our lives, if that's what... What happened when Jesus arrived on the scene? How much more is that not the fact of how you treat the one sitting next to you? Now, if we limit what God can do through that person, I tell you, it's true. That person will have a very limited reach. If you limit what you believe God can do through you, you will have a limited reach because, I mean, God allows for that kind of mechanism to go on. It says in Mark chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. I mean, pay attention here. God is amazed. Even God was amazed. It's, it's, it's incredible. You know, this passage said, even God was amazed at how little faith human beings can actually hold. I mean when God looks at you and me I hope he's not amazed at the at the smallness of my faith I think I hope I hope and I pray that God will look to your heart and say wow that guy that girl I really love her because I mean That's she doesn't get it all but she really wants it she wants what she sees she want she doesn't hold back on what even what she sees she's really grasping And grabbing out for the kingdom of God. So. In John chapter 1. Verse 11 and 12. It says in the wording of John. He Jesus came to what was his own. And his own people did not accept him. And then it says. But to all. Who received him. Who believed in his name. He gave the power to become the children of God, wow, that is amazing! Give a shout out I mean that 's God granting the power and how great is that so it 's not about being just uh, uh that's it 's not just about being you know getting it all right no it's that 's not I'm not it 's not about being right i 'm from the right family i 'm from the right I mean in my family we've got several generations of Christians. So I'm um, no, that's not the point. That John is trying to get through here. He's saying, those that received him for whatever understanding you've got of Jesus reach out with that in your hand, rather than saying, well, I know what you're saying, but I don't think it adds, I don't think it applies to me, because I'm different from the rest, you know, the rest, they're just, they're them, they're better than me, I'm just, I'm worse than the lot, I'm just God, I mean, I'm just that odd person whom the gospel is somehow not capable of reaching out to or it doesn't really it's it's like it just i've been trying to pray or whatever you may say to yourself to keep jesus at bay but it's it's those that receive him just receiving how difficult is that if we want it you get it if you want it if you want jesus he will let himself be revealed to you. It's not like this is gonna be difficult. No. John makes the point that, I mean, if you were, if you were to be one of his own, that would have been difficult. If, I mean, if you wanted to be a Nazarene or a Jew or whatever, that's a kind of off putting, I'd say, for most of the people in the world. But John makes a point saying you don't have to be one of his own crew where he was born Jesus of Nazareth as a Jew no those that receive him who believe in his name who allow for God to define the box rather than our experience to those he gave the power to become children of God and I don't know obviously who you guys are I can just see a few of you but I know that we all come with our own bias and understanding of who God is. We can't, we can't not, we cannot not have our bias and understanding because we've been raised with an understanding of who God is. We've been raised with an understanding of who we are ourselves. And when it comes to people around us, even with them, we pretty quickly learn the drill of all the other frameworks that we build and we are, We try to put people into boundaries and frameworks of understanding who they can be because that's how we're comfortable about living. We want everything to be nice and tidy and people put in boxes yourself and what you can do put in boxes and even God put in a framework of what he can and cannot do in your life. But I'm telling you, that the Christmas Gospel, the story of Jesus coming and arriving on the scene, reaching out to human beings his own that wouldn't uh, 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 that wouldn't allow for him to reach out to them, but all the world being reached out to as the angels declared on the on the Christmas sky when they declared that this was for the whole world, this was a great message for all peoples, for Danes as well as for Zambians. This is for everybody. And whoever wants to receive him, whoever believes in his name, he gives the power to become a child of God. And whatever framework you build around who Jesus can be, it can be broken. God can intervene in your life, in your situation, in those murky conditions of whatever life situations you put yourself in or other people have put you in. You're in for a treat with God at your side because God breaks the boundaries that you have put in place if you allow him to. So look at Jesus today. My my simple call to you is don't dismiss him because of how you perceive him to be from earlier experience or what people have told you about him. Don't just take other people's word for, for it Take the Bible and the Bible description as the valid grounds for which you read out to God. He has granted you a great opportunity to let go of the boundaries that have defined you and have defined people around you and have defined God himself in your life. So my simple question for us today is. Are there some some boundaries, some borders, some limitations that we put upon ourselves, upon other people, or upon even God in our lives? And if so, let's just reach out to God and help for his help to to break those boundaries, for him to give us the power to reach through those limitations. And I'd like for you to be another Edward Kimball. That unknown, by to us unknown Sunday school teacher, who will now be known from today, Edward Kimball, you may know the Billy Graham of the story, but Edward Kimball and even the people before Edward Kimball, obviously, there will always be another one who had make who started the move to change the world around them. But Edward Kimball in today's story, unknown to us had that big opportunity to push history in the way of a world-renowned evangelist, Billy Graham, and all that God did through him. Now, we may not all be Billy Grahams, obviously, and whatever happens when you break off the boundaries of who you allow yourself to be, that may not mean that you become the next Pastor Lainey or Pastor Sylvester, it, there's, an, there's some role for all of us, but there's somehow, there's somehow that God can use you wherever you are at. There is somewhere and sometime in your life where you need to stop in the street and go into the shop where whatever person you know is working or, you know, it's just figuratively speaking. There's some menial thing that, May change the course of history, the God, because you allow for God to interrupt your everyday life, and sometimes God will speak to you and and challenge you to do something out of the ordinary. Go that that do that detour and do that thing that you usually don't do, because you break out of what you perceive is your limitation and you do something. But I'm an introvert. I'm not like, I'm not an evangelist. No, but even introverts, I I. I challenge you, I think more introverts are changing this world than extroverts, because very few are like Billy Graham, just out there, and you will be surprised how many of those that preach the gospel loud and clear, sometimes are not even extroverts, they're just people that were moved by the Spirit of God, and they were whatever kind of personality, so don't just lean yourself into what personality you are, either, because... God can use whatever and whoever to whatever his purposes are. Will you allow for that to happen with you? Will you accept that invitation? That's the invitation I want to reach out to you with today. Let me just pray with you. And I will just want to uh, encourage um, Pastor Sylvester. I already heard your voice introducing me here. I just want to encourage you to maybe an altar call and pray for people to break these boundaries of understanding of ourselves of other people and of god but i just want to bless you all today for here from denmark as well in my little in my little room here i just i've been so privileged to be with you and and i know that you guys are great amazing bunch of people i know god is gonna use you greatly and i just want to bless you is that okay so, Heavenly Father, we just I just want to bless my brothers and sisters, those that have attended church here in Ndola this Sunday morning. I just pray that you will reach out to them as you have already done through the worship, through the intercession, through the prayers, and through the blessings, and the fellowship, and the Word. And just pray, God, that you will... Help people shake off boundaries today, the shackles of people's definitions of them or their own definitions of them, their cultural definitions of them. God, I just pray that your power will be there to set people free today. In the name of Jesus, amen.